At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. People everywhere are starting to listen to it. It's going on French, British, Italian, Japanese television. This is the wide world of Weingarten. Wide World of Wine Garden, episode 12, Tuesday, October 26th. It's 12.30 in Los Angeles. I am getting ready for the the World Series tonight, game one in Houston. The Astros have Framber Valdez versus Charlie Morton for the Braves. Totals eight and a half, moved up from eight overnight. I have no play on the side of the total for game one, but I do have a prop bet, actually two prop bets I made. Uh, the first one is Jorge Soler to hit a home run. 4-1 to one at DraftKings. Second one is first inning yes score, my favorite bet. Uh, plus 100 is the number I bet it at. It's a play up to minus 105. I wouldn't go any, any further past that. If, uh, if you wait until game time, I think you'll see a lot of better numbers, as I've, I've said before, especially in the World Series when you get higher volume and more eyes on the game. You get a lot more no-betters, which means you get better prices on the yes. <clears throat> and if you wait till game time, you'll get the best price. Um, so those are my two bets for the game. As far as the MVP market, I have a couple bets on MVP. My biggest one is Jorge Soler, 35 to one at DraftKings. I've seen 40 to one offshore, best number. I, gra- I grabbed both. Um, I'm happy uh, to get Jorge Soler. I think he's going to be DH outfield to start the series in Houston, and we can reassess that position after the first two games. I don't think Eddie Rosario has much value at 12 to one. Um, <clears throat> I did see some 18 to one on Austin Riley that was interesting, but I'm I'm trying not to to scatter too many bets around the board. I'm trying to just focus on Jorge Soler for the Braves to start. As far as the Astros, uh, whether you like Carlos Correa or not, and what do you think of him as a cheater? 11 to one is a great price on him to win World Series MVP if the Astros do manage to win the series. Luis Garcia, I've seen 30 to one. I've seen 25 to one. I think I've even seen 35 to one. I bet 30 to one. Um, those those are the two guys on the Astros I like in terms of their odds. Obviously, Jordan Alvarez is the best and one of the best players in baseball, but at plus 850 or 10 to 1, I don't think there's a ton of value on him. Uh, one of the things to keep in mind with the Astros and the reason I like their starting pitching, particularly Luis Garcia, who I mentioned yesterday, is that their uh, the Astros bullpen has pitched 57% of the, the Astros postseason innings, and that's just unsustainable. If you're going to win the World Series, you got to win it with starting pitching. And at the moment, Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia are the anchors in the Astros rotation. I wouldn't be opposed to betting either one of those guys with Framber going first today. I just think Luis Garcia has the better number. And I was really impressed with how he pitched versus the Red Sox in game six. He had 5.2 shutout innings. He threw the hardest he'd thrown all season. Uh, The Astros have done a great job developing some of their rookie pitching lately. And just the fact that they're in the World Series with Framber Valdez and uh, Luis Garcia anchoring that that pitching staff is, is a testament to their ability to 
to produce and develop pitchers regardless of of what you think of them as cheaters or you know there's there's time to debate all that stuff but you just can't argue with with the quality of of their pitching development which you know cheating can't can't account for so uh luis garcia is my pick there i i think if the votes were being held for awards now he would likely be the al rookie of the year after his performance in game six versus the red Sox. uh 30 to 1 is a better price than you would have ever gotten on on him to to win rookie of the year unless you got it at the beginning of the season when i don't think it existed because i had to request it um so yeah i'll take some 30 to 1 on him here if the astros win i won't feel bad if he uh if he cashes an mvp ticket but as far as uh who's gonna win the world series and how many games and the series bets and stuff i'm very light on on this particular particular world series uh, I just don't see a ton of value in either side. I did mention some Jordan Alvarez baseball cards yesterday. They're right behind me. Hold on while I grab them. So, uh, yeah, these these two these two are going up on uh, on eBay for sale at some point today. Um, they're two of the uh, autochrome refractors. If you uh, follow anything, sorry, I'm trying to get the best best view but uh i'm still still not great at, at working with this camera uh yeah it's an autograph jordan alvarez first chrome i've seen them on on ebay for four or five thousand bucks i doubt i doubt they're actually gonna sell for anything around that like i mentioned yesterday don't browse ebay by the price people think they're gonna sell them for you have to check the recently solds which are always you know easily 50 percent lower than than the highest uh highest offers and but but right now <clears throat> if you have something like like jordan alvarez cards it's a, you have to sell them now when the market is this hot otherwise you know you're just a collector and and the the collection goes one way the cards don't have any value if you just buy them and they sit on your shelf and they're never gonna uh you're never gonna resell them so you know strike while the iron is hot while the market has eyes i i put some cards up um, we'll see if, if they get any traction. I'm really not expecting it, but I, I think I, I started the bid for both of them at like five, six thousand bucks or something just to see what sort of nibbles I get. Um, but again, I'm not, I'm not expecting much. Um, and you know, truthfully, I would probably not watch this world series other than, uh, the couple bets I have. It's, uh, I, for some reason, my baseball betting, I like it when there's a lot of games. When it gets down to the end in the World Series, I'm, I'm like, surprisingly uninterested in the game unless it's, like, a big future or something. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad we got to the end of the season and I had some some of these uh, some pennant futures lose this last week. I got no futures on, on the World Series. So I'm kind of in this holding pattern until we get to, to the awards week. I know I got an Otani ticket or 12 that are going to kind of balance out any potential losses from Soto and Franco and some of my other stuff. I know I'm alive to Rosarena for Rookie of the Year and John India for the NL. So a lot of a lot of stuff coming up. But uh, for me, the World Series is mostly just uh, to relax and maybe make a couple MVP bets. On to uh, onto the NFL stuff for today. The uh, Bill Barnwell had an article about the Chiefs this week for ESPN. I highly recommend reading it. Uh, Bill, Bill Barnwell does a lot of the, the best NFL writing 
out there and uh this this article he does a really good job breaking down the specific issues the chiefs have and a lot of it's stuff i've talked about before mainly too many turnovers i think they have 17 through six or seven games which is you know more than they had all of last season uh bad offensive line play they replaced their entire starting offensive line uh after last season it didn't matter it's still bad um what else they uh they have a bad defense lack of depth uh the lack of depth issue with the chiefs can basically be explained when you win a lot in the nfl and you continue to go to the super bowl you have high draft picks the higher your draft picks are the less likely you are exponentially to find impact players especially you know like like even after something like the 16th pick in the the first round the odds of finding a pro bowl pro bowl player drop precipitously let alone the 31st or the 32nd pick every year so you know the lack of depth and talent on the Chiefs is catching up to them and that's just what happens when you have extended playoff runs guys get tired there's no depth to replace them there's uh, bad defense and now that's kind of what you're seeing with the Chiefs they also happen to be playing an incredibly hard schedule this year um, but they're they're fortunate in that they they get an extra day of rest this week until they they play on Monday night versus the Giants. They're nine and a half point favorites already. And if there's ever a spot to come out and blast a bad team, this would be it for the Chiefs. I'd be surprised if by Monday we don't see tweets and stuff from every bookie and every uh, every you know Caesars and Will Hill and everybody who gives gives info to David Purdom and they're all gonna say. We're lopsided on this game, the biggest of the year, 92% on the Chiefs, 95%, 98%. You can make up any number. That's probably what's what's going to be bet on the Chiefs this week. Um, it's going to be all Chiefs money. The, uh, the Packers cards on Thursday is interesting. You got the top tier, sort of the leader MVP with Kyler Murray versus uh, uh, the reigning MVP and a guy who's like still 10 to 1, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they're on a six-game win streak, the Packers, after losing week one. And Rodgers, after week one, was 32-1 to at Circa for MVP. He's back down to like 10-1, to kind of in that second tier with Brady and Stafford still. The, uh, the Packers have some COVID issues, and Devontae Adams won't be playing, which moved the line two points from four to six on Monday. Um, that's kind of a puzzling move to me unless some other players are out or there's something else that's, that's, you know, not being accounted for, but a wide receiver, even somebody of Devonte caliber, uh, the Devonte Adams caliber being worth two points is kind of absurd to me. So Packers plus six is definitely on my radar. I just think I can wait closer to game time for that. Then uh, I see the Rams are 14 and a half point favorites on the road at Houston after closing plus 17 and losing against the spread versus the Lions and what was probably the Lions, you know, big game for the season. They they showed up and played all their trick plays against the Rams and still lost. So, um, you know, Lions are, are going home to play the Eagles this week. They're three and a half point dogs with Gardner Minshew probably starting. But, uh, Back to the Rams, it's it's a weird spot to be 14.5-point favorite on the road after being a 17-point favorite at home. I don't have a database anymore to tell you some of the, the trends that go into that, but uh, I, I don't think I would necessarily lay 14.5 here with the Rams. 
I think uh, team total under on the Texans is what I'm going to be looking at when that comes out later this week. It might be uh, Tyron Taylor play in this game. I don't think it's going to make make much of a difference. Uh, Rams are just far more talented than the Texans, but I need to see some more numbers before I officially play that. So hold hold that off till later in the week too. Um, I did find it interesting. The Rams traded uh, one of their starting linebackers, Kenny Young, to the Broncos. He had a sack and seven tackles on Sunday versus the Lions, and Monday ended up traded to the Broncos, which doesn't usually happen. You don't see trades like that in the NFL very often, but the uh, the Broncos have a depth issue at linebacker, and uh, the Rams don't really value linebackers or offensive guards very highly, which is actually very correct in terms of uh, NFL talent and depth management, all that stuff. Uh, linebackers are easily replaceable. They got Troy Reader, who is an undrafted free agent, who'll step in. Ernest Ernest Jones was third round pick from South Carolina this last year. He'll he'll step in. They'll be fine. Um, linebackers can relatively you know, be be replaced relatively easily. Um, and I think the Rams, obviously, they have another trade in mind when they do stuff like this. Like they traded Marcus Peters last year and opened up the spot for Jalen Ramsey. Um, I would expect some sort of similar trade to be coming to the Rams before the, uh, the trade deadline. I don't have any names in mind, but I'm just trying to kind of think like they do. And I would expect a potential outside linebacker slash defensive end to be added via the trade market at the deadline. So um, keep that in mind. I think they realize they still need some more horses to compete with the uh, Cardinals after getting blown out by them a couple weeks ago. As far as uh, future stuff goes, the yes-no playoff market stuff I've been betting is on the move. The Chiefs yes-no are yes minus 200, no plus 155 now. So it's now an ARB with the earlier no prices from anywhere from 3 to 1 to 6 to 1 before the season. Um, I expect the yes to jump a little higher assuming they blow out the Giants on Monday night, but um, I'm not playing more no at plus 155 here. I'm just happy to be holding some nice tickets. Uh, the Patriots to bet to miss the playoffs. I bet at minus 200. It's now minus 500 to the no and 350 yes at DraftKings. So got some value there. Uh, Bengals went from plus 200 yes before blowing out the Ravens this week to minus 200. So uh, nothing I can really do with any of those tickets except hold them at this point, which uh, I'm pretty happy about. But uh, I, I think I got some some nice tickets in that market. There there wasn't anything new to add this week as far as player awards. After having a chance to go through them, I mentioned yesterday Lamar Jackson's back to twenty five to one. If you missed earlier twenty five to one this season, I think it's a good spot to potentially add them. Coming off the blowout uh, blowout loss to the Bengals, it still sounds weird to say. I might add a little bit more twenty five to one this week. I think it's still. Um, Lamar Jackson is still kind of underrated versus numbers versus the other quarterbacks, just maybe because he doesn't throw as many touchdowns as Tom Brady or whatever. But uh, 25 to 1 is pretty high still. Uh, as far as offensive player of the year or offensive rookie of the year, sorry, I'm, I'm doing offensive rookie of the year first. I think I'm finally going to cave today and bet Jamar Chase plus 110, at least cover. I, I have some bets on Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence and a little bit on Davis Mills because it was like 201. But, I mean, I think it's it's been clear the market has, has been uh, different than me for the last couple weeks, but I'm, I'm very 
ready to admit after the Bengals beat the Ravens this week and Chase had another 200 yards and an 85-yard touchdown reception that Chase is clearly head and shoulders above the rest of the class in terms of, of productivity, and you just can't really argue against it. I, I, I've, I've mentioned many, many times I don't like wide receivers and running backs in this market, but uh, it's, it's just clear that Chase has surpassed the benchmarks, the A.J. Brown, the Justin Jefferson um, benchmarks that I use for rookie production. Uh, one plus 110, I think, it's probably about the last time we'll see a plus money price. If, uh, if Chase doesn't win, the only other player at the moment I think is worth uh, mentioning, Mac Jones is the only of the rookie quarterbacks who consistently grades out by pro football focus above 80. So, um, I think I think Jones. I'm happy. I have some like eight to one on him from right when they cut Cam Newton, and I have some Trevor Lawrence ten to one. I think you know if if anybody else from the quarterbacks is gonna make a late run, it would probably be him. But I think the smart thing to do at this point for me would be to cover my potential loss with some some Jamar Chase, or maybe play half of it or something. I'll I'll figure that out. But I am gonna play some Chase this week. As far as uh, defensive rookie of the year, I think there's some some cornerbacks worth worth like looking at their production, but I don't think the market is really going to uh, you know be interested in them, let alone voters. Uh, Odafe Owe, who I mentioned a couple times at higher odds, is down to seven and a half to one. He has the second lowest odds. The only other guy under ten to one besides him is uh, Micah Parsons at two two twenty five right now. Um, I think Parsons, I understand why Parsons is, is you know, that much lower than Owe, but it's, it's probably going to be the two of them. I don't think it's uh, it's too early to say Parsons is a lock or anything, uh, but I could see I could see Owe trailing, but but it's nice to have, have, se- have a guy in second lowest odds already. Um, a fun fact, I tried to bet Owe at 40 to 1 at Will Hill before the season. They rejected it and moved the odds. The only other time I tried to make a bet with Will Hill in the last year was Shohei Otani to win MVP, which they rejected and moved the odds as well. So I'm I'm optimistic at least that history is going to repeat himself, repeat itself, and always going to be a winner. Um, at least I have a bunch of other tickets on that. But uh, it's always disappointing when books you know do do stuff like that and reject your bets. Um, you know it's hard enough to get bets down as it is without. Uh, doing the odds making four billion dollar books, but you know that's that's just the way it is. Uh, offensive Player of the Year, Derrick Henry is the favorite. Cooper Cup is second. I think Henry is the voters' choice. I think if he keeps up his pace, it's likely not going to be close. Especially when you consider historically relievers don't don't sorry receivers don't tend to win this award very often. I do think Jamar Chase would be. My my pick if I had to pick a receiver at a hundred to one, uh, but but I think Derek Derek Henry at plus three fifty again is going to get some more of my money this week. Um, beyond that, I think Cooper Cup is a legitimate offensive player of the year candidate, but you're better off betting him like five to one to have the most receiving yards in the NFL as opposed to winning the offensive player of the year award, where uh, Derek Henry is the guy he's got to beat. Uh, defensive player of the year, I'd continue to be short Miles Garrett here at plus 350. His uh, uh, the Browns have the the third highest odds to win the uh, the AFC North. Um, I think a better bet would be to bet Garrett to lead the NFL in sacks at the same price plus 350. 
Um, he has a two-sack lead over the field. I still think that Trevon Diggs is the guy, especially if he keeps up the interceptions. My money is on him at 20-1, to 1, around 18-1. to 1. He's like 5-1 to 1 now. I don't think I'd bet him at 5-1, to 1, but happy to hold those tickets. Then uh, Coach of the Year, the biggest mover this week was Zach Taylor, 35-1, to 10-1 to 1 at, at DraftKings BetMGM, which is still higher than Circa's price last week. I'm waiting for, for Circa's numbers to come out this week so I can kind of gauge their market because they seem to be more on the ball than everybody else this year. Uh, Taylor's still 10-1. to 1. If the Bengals make the playoffs, I think you obviously have to consider him a contender just by virtue of taking the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs. So if you miss 35-1, to 10-1 to is still acceptable. It's just not as good as 35-1. to 1. Uh, Kingsbury plus 750, also interesting, especially if they you know, go 14-3 and three or something like that. Uh, it, it's it's another one of the discrepancies. Uh, last week at Circa, he was plus 230. He's still 750 at DraftKings. I expect Circa will open up with a much lower number than that. Um, Circa also has new Heisman odds out today with a yes-no market on the favorites, Bryce Young, Matt Corral, and CJ Stroud. I think I'd lay minus 405 against Matt Corral. Their dogs, Ole Miss's dogs, to uh, one and a half point dog at, uh, to Auburn this week. Uh, Alabama's not going to be a dog to anybody except maybe Georgia in the title game. Ohio State's not going to be a dog to anybody. Um, I, I just don't think Corral is going to get votes over two potential, you know, playoff quarterbacks and uh, Ole Miss. Like I've, I've mentioned before, beating up on Austin P and. Uh, Louisville and Tulane don't really uh, don't really move the needle for me. That the the fact that he's he's got to put up all that offense because they play track meets all the time doesn't uh, doesn't really move the needle for me. Like Bryce Young, he's a he's he's a freshman, but uh, if you watch him play, it's it's clear to me that the the talent is just uh, levels above Matt Crowell. Matt Crowell is a great athlete, but um, Bryce Young, I don't I'd be surprised if. if somebody overtakes him for uh, Heisman. Then uh, as far as golf goes, the uh, field for the Bermuda event this week is currently at 127 players. It's one of the weakest PGA fields of the year. Uh, I think it's worth like 27 points to the winner in the official world golf rankings. So that's on the incredibly low end. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Patrick Reed, Christian Benzudihut, ben uh, Mito, Mito Pariah, who recently graduated from the Coin Ferry Tour, and Seamus Power, who was playing Mon Monday qualifiers recently, are the top five on the board, with the highest being Power at 26 to 1. So I'm hoping that somebody from way off the, the, the bottom of the field can, can put up a big week. I mentioned I bet Grayson Sig yesterday at 100 to 1. I bet John Pack today, a USC graduate, recent uh, recently turned pro at 225 to one. Sig is 77 to one, and Pack's 130 to one at Circa. So, you know, I grabbed some some higher numbers there. And then Bookmaker, Bookmaker is the other book that I use to compare odds with uh, with with the market with other other books I can play at. Um, Sig is 83.50 at Bookmaker. Pack is 101.54 at Bookmaker. Probably didn't take a ton of money to move them there, though. I'm guessing 
you know, it was maybe 500 bucks max that, that moved either one of those numbers, not even, um, SIG was probably like 200, I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, right now getting some CLV versus the versus bookmaker versus Circa always feels good when you're holding some, some nice numbers in golf. Um, like I said, it's, it's going to be a, a rotten week with a, a weak field. Uh, I still managed to find two bets early, so I'll be invested in it a little bit, probably find some more stuff to bet before they tee off. Uh, early, I'm guessing they're teeing off at like 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. on Thursday morning from Bermuda, but I got to check that at 3 a.m. Pacific time, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's what I what I got this week so far. I'll look, uh, see what's going on with the World Series after game one tomorrow. We'll look at the Packers game for Thursday. A little more golf, maybe find some more bets. Um, and yeah, more award stuff this week. Hopefully, uh, you know, the, the NFL market's usually pretty robust throughout the season. So we'll see what's going on, but that's what I got going today. Um, you know, middle of the week, we'll, uh, we'll be back. Hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed the episode.